from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. Welcome, everybody, to the Tiny House Podcast. I'm MJ. <laughs> welcome. This is Mark, and I'd like to welcome our fourth host, <laughs> Alexa. What do you have to say to the people? Sorry, I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Alexa, can you sing us a song, please? Technology. Technology, where would I be without technology? <laughs> that was without perfect. Without the Wi-Fi, oh. I couldn't say hi. Oh, nice. As for music, I couldn't choose it. Shopping lists would cease to exist, and time would be on your wrist. I thank my lucky stars that I'm here today. I hope that you'll agree. Give me one, two, three shouts aloud for tech, 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 technology. Ooh, technology. So, welcome our co-host who we just had in the studio uh, this week for the first time. And I'd like to say we're looking for a sponsor, Jeff Bezos. Come on. All right. Okay. That actually, that song couldn't have been better. That was, that was it like could have gone in a whole different, it does. She's got a lot of different things she got to say. Exactly. Two, I'm glad that she listens better than mine. That's hilarious. You yeah. may remember that I actually um, got an Alexa. Um, and um, after about you a few weeks. got to be careful. Oh, that's true. I can't <laughs> call her my first name. She's that's right. All She's the always time. And after a few weeks, actually, she stopped listening to me. <gasps> kind of like your kids. Yes. I was going to say. <laughs> and there is nothing, there is almost nothing more frustrating in the world than paying that kind of money for that kind of technology and then have them not to listen. Be ignoring you. Exactly. Yeah, uh, wow. Just like your kids. Yeah, just like your kids. It's a shame to invest wow. all that money into your kids and then them have not listened to you. Oh my God. Holy cat. Welcome to our new co host, A L E X A. Alex. Who got Alex? Alex doesn't light the fire, but add yeah. the A on and it there gets you it go. going. Oh. There you go. Good, good. So I'm having deja vu here with the shirt that Michelle's wearing. I have one in, just oh, like yeah. that inside my uh, my tiny house, and uh, except mine has moth holes all over it. Ew. <laughs> Do you use it for a cleaning rag? No, I wear it. Oh. In, but only in the summertime. Oh, okay. When I'm bumming, slumming, chumming, <laughs> falubbing. Well, this one's at the top of my laundry pile because I just got back from yet another amazing workshop yeah. with the Diedrichsen Brothers. How so. was I didn't know he had a brother. How was yeah. it? Awesome. It was the best one ever. Like every time they just, you know, our uh, our workflow gets a little bit better. And normally I have to admit that I, I he has so many great volunteers and great educated people that join him as, as co-hosts and workshop people. Um, and I normally take very much of a back seat to the guys, right? I'm like the, if you want to know how toilet, you know, composting toilets work, I'll be over here. Or <laughs> let's talk about systems, you know, air conditioning and so forth. But this particular workshop, we had two builds and I actually <clears throat> took a really, really um, 
you know, involved um, position with the framing. And what we did was amazing. What we did was truly cool. amazing. Very, very cool. Yeah, I will actually show you. I guess obviously can't see it. We're about to look at some but pictures. I'm show you podcasts. A so, okay. <laughs> so this is what we designed, oh. built, painted, and delivered in 36 hours. That's now, cool. Perry, now that, can you describe that for sure, our, our stay-at-home listeners? It's a modular, uh, contemporary slash modern, uh, probably... Uh, I would say it's like a, I love touching your fingers for some reason. Um, I would I would say it's like a a, a backyard workhouse or office space. Um, I love the shed roof design, and instead of it looks like instead of windows, they have uh, what's that stuff called? Um, um, it's called on the line. It's oh, a clear. That's not very helpful. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's that um, stuff that you see on patios sometimes that are, that you use as roofs. Clear, clear corrugated plastic. That's corrugated plastic. It's called Ondeline is the name of the manufacturer, and they're the sponsor Ondeline, for the... for the, Dr. The, Jeff Bezos. We're looking for a sponsor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's actually six and a half by ten. Um, it was <clears throat> it was really, really fun. At one point, um, we had like three or four um, boys, like age 14, 15, and at one point... Um, Deke's back was really sore, so I was really happy to kind of jump in and take over. At one point, um, one of the supervisors from the other project comes down, and and there's like these, we built the wall separately, and then we erected them, and it's all women and children, like as far as the eye could see. And he, you know, he's like, oh, this is the house that women built. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Oh, hello, kids. Welcome. <laughs> so it was a really good time um, on the trip down there. I almost died, but other than that, it was awesome. <laughs> now, can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, unpack that a little bit. So we got stuck on a freeway that was closed due to high winds. Who's we? Um, Mark went with me. Oh, we had nice. Eris the hippie Mark. teardrop. Right, Boyfriend Mark. right. We yep. had Eris the hippie teardrop. Uh, we got stuck um, on a closed, or you know, waiting for a freeway to be reopened because the winds were so high it was flipping over semi trucks. Wow! There was four semi trucks that were flipped over on this freeway, so we're all kind of stuck there at this gas station for six hours. Uh. So when they finally opened the freeway, you can imagine truck drivers are now, oh my god, like they're all white knuckled. So we kind of all headed for this pass, which drops you down into Bishop, California, and the and the pass elevation is seventy two hundred feet. And there was a massive snowstorm with blizzard conditions. So I'm going over a pass, and you can't, I can't see anything. I literally can't even see the front of my hood of my wow. vehicle. And I've got semis in back of me and semis in front of me, and then really aggressive ones, like, <clears throat> speeding around you. And the only way I could drive was with bumble strips. Oh, yeah. So you go too far to the left and oh, you hit wow. a bumble strip in the middle. And I was hoping it was the middle and mm-hmm. not the left hand, you mm-hmm. know, but who knows? So, you, <laughs> you know, veer back this direction, hit it. You can't pull off because you don't know if it's a cliff. Yeah. You can't stop because you have a truck on your butt. No. And I've never been quite so scared in my entire life. You poor thing. It really was. It was really how was long horrible. did that last? Like- um, almost probably about an hour. Ooh. And it was literally just 20 miles an hour. Okay, I'm going to do this. Exactly. Uh, just because you don't, and also you don't know if the if the whole freeway's turning. Right. right it's not right, just this straight right. little road that goes over the top of the pass. Right. I mean, it was absolute pandemonium and 
To- and I, I was telling Mark, I can't see. He goes, I can't either. There's nothing I can do for you. Like he was over there, like white knuckling it as well. But um, other than that, it was really, really fantastic. Well, it was, it was okay. a fun trip. Yeah. Eight days and seven nights on the road with Eris. Nice. Um, yeah. You know, White Knuckles reminds me of that time when I was uh, afraid of heights. I'm not afraid of heights anymore because of my experience in Marine Corps boot camp. But um, and afraid of heights reminds me of really high places, and high places reminds me of trees. We're coming at you. We're getting there. <laughs> I can smell it. <laughs> and our guest, our guest today is uh, yet another treehouse builder. Um, this one, though, not to put the others to any shame. Uh-oh. But this treehouse builder, da, da, da. I looked at his website, and um, by the way, his website is o2treehouse.com. And if you say that a couple of times, it sounds like you're singing the ode to treehouses. O2treehouse.com. Tree house. Yeah. But his, <laughs> his, you know, when I think of treehouses, I think of a square box on a platform. Tiny in a, houses in, a in the tree. trees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But these motherfuckers are works of art. Bam! And there's They're your new tagline, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> They're like sculptures, man. They're sculptures attached to trees, and I bet the trees are like, look at me walking down the catwalk because I'm so hot with my tiny house, my tree house sculpture design on my waist. You know what I'm saying? You just, I mean, you don't know what I'm saying because you haven't looked at the pictures, but Tiny House Podcast listeners, you got to look at these pictures. Yeah. They are amazing, and I'd like to welcome... I'm going to get your name, your last name wrong, Dustin. Dustin oh. Fader? Fader? Uh, fighter. Fighter, damn fighter. it. Fighter. It could fighter. have been Smith. He still would have fucked it up. <laughs> exactly. Fighter. He's got his gloves on. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Dustin. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Now you know why we asked you if you've ever been in a podcast before, because it gets weird soon. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Did we tell you about yeah. the irreverent part of our uh, mantra? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> so, so Dustin, I am really intrigued. I know you have an a BFA in furniture design. Um, how on earth did you marry these beautiful structures you make and put them into the trees like and and trees like you do? How'd that happen? Um. Yeah. You know, it is funny. Um, I, I I often tell people that I ended up just building large pieces of furniture in the tree and that's kind of where that's that sculptural jump happens um but uh yeah so you know and it's funny that that's the number one question that i always get from people is like how did, how the heck did you end up building tree houses um and so my dad had just moved into a new house in pewaukee wisconsin and had some magnificent trees in the front yard and so we just started talking reminiscing about the treehouse that my dad had actually built for my, my sister and I when we were growing up. And, um, you know, that's when I got the, the treehouse bug pretty much. Um, I started imagining a treehouse in one of these trees in my dad's yard. And at the time I was a junior in college and um, it, was, it was a project that I just started sketching on. Um, and continue to develop this idea of what would a modern treehouse look like. Um, and I did a lot of research, and pretty much everything out there up to that time was, uh, you know, just like really heavy, like full-on houses, like in a tree. You yeah. know, like there's got to be a better way to do this, something, something that's lighter. And, of course, um, my furniture had a very um, 
modern contemporary um, sensibility. Um, and so, so that's where I began. Um, that's, that's how the, the design process started. It was, it was just a super juicy kind of design puzzle to figure out. I get that. I mean, some of these, some of these structures are just like blow your mind. Like you would never think that this would, when you think of treehouse, it just doesn't show up in your mind. Like the honey sphere, for example, is it looks like a, a geodesic dome that it looks like someone from the future put a geodesic dome in a teleporter and they got the coordinates <laughs> fucked up and it ended up materializing around a tree. That That's what it dome. looks like. <laughs> That's great. Maybe that is what happened. Maybe Buckminster Fuller. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. So it's so it's so cool. So so I'm I'm I want to jump to the quick here and ask you how much does it cost to get one of these built? Um, well, I mean to to me to in, to no you know, to the to, to the end, end, end the user. person you're you're no 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 I get that I'm I'm saying like you know like the, in relativity it costs a small fortune to build one of these <laughs> to me like, my clients it might be like chump change I don't know but yeah. Um, so we, we actually do, we start quite low and so we'll build something for $10,000 is our minimum. Mm -hmm. Um, and and, you know, they go up to 300,000, um, for a fully livable structure, uh, between like 150 to 300,000, you know, is a, is a good range for something that's fully livable. Um, but you know we do things you know like i said all everywhere in between that that scale hmm. um so <laughs> sorry <laughs> what sorry well i i mean uh, oh okay so my my uncle was a rock collector you know and back yeah. in the 70s pet rocks were like this thing uh-huh and uh you know, they were just gnarly rocks, and he'd take the beautiful rock and put it out on display. So people would buy, oh, look at that. I mean, you go from $10,000 to $350,000. Good Lord, man. I mean, I'm just giving you shit, but I'm like, there, there's a plank over there in a tree. Pay me. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, Dustin. I'm going to punch you today. I'm so sorry. No That's apology good, necessary. Maybe I need some business strategy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Own that margin there. Right. Own that margin. <laughs> so, so can you make like these, like the pine cone house or this other one? The um, I'm just scanning through them real quickly. The uh, the honeycomb doesn't look like you can, but the but the pine cone house and this other one that looks like. Well, I, I can't even describe that one. But these more artsy fartsy looking ones, can you make them livable? Like with HVAC and 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 to and plumbing and things like that in them. Uh, yeah. So the, the pinecone treehouse, we're we're actually planning to um, add all of those comforts of home. Um, it currently doesn't have that, but um, we're we're continuing to. Um, um, add to that structure so that we can actually rent the pinecone treehouse out wow. nice. um, on Airbnb. So, yeah, so it depends, you know, some of them, you know, just the arrangement of space, et cetera, don't really lend themselves to a livable type situation. Uh, for example, a structure that we have on the front page of our website, uh, called the Healdsburg structure. And it's, um, 
it has it's an amazing kinetic type space it has multiple levels to it open deck space um it had an enclosure in it um but it's it's it doesn't have any necessarily like large open rooms um that that would be conducive for living mm-hmm. um but we we do have uh, a system that uh, i kind of i call treehouse legos um and I've been developing this for about three years. And this is, this is kind of our, our uh, material system, grouping of materials and, and modular system to create something that's more fully livable. Mm-hmm. Where do you, where are these things? Are they all in California or, yeah, where are they? Yeah, they're they're mostly in California, and definitely most of our work is out here. Okay, um, but we've built uh, all over the place. We've built in Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, Texas. Um, we built in in Brazil and Portugal. Wow! And hopefully, a project that may land soon is in Tasmania. Wow! Oh, nice. It's interesting. Yeah. Some of these structures would be speaking of Portugal and Brazil. Some of these structures would be perfect. Um, uh, containers to house like uh, ayahuasca and peyote ceremonies because they're so out of this world. It's just like you're. What's that noise? It's just fax coming in. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Is it really your fax? <laughs> No. Oh, <laughs> I was gonna say you, you design these futuristic tree houses and you're still using fax machine technology. That would be awesome. You know. When somebody requests a fax of me, I, 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 I like break out in sweats. I'm like, who are you? Like, what business is this? Like, <laughs> oh, you're with the federal government. I almost okay. get angry. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa. Uh oh. Uh oh. What is a fax machine? I'm not quite sure how to help you with that. <laughs> Even she doesn't know. <laughs> Fucks off a <laughs> That just shows how old that technology is. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. They didn't even program an answer for right, that. Exactly. So yeah, it looks like some of these things you even like incorporate yurt and tent design into your treehouse structures. Like this one, this black one that looks like Darth Vader called the Tamarack. And I don't know why you call it the Tamarack and not the Darth Vader. Um, <laughs> Perry's going to be your new business partner, isn't he? He's on fire Because of all his yeah, kick-ass ideas. Well, um, it, is, it is actually full of stormtroopers, so... Yeah, that one is actually 16-foot diameter, and that was our uh, design to really try and encompass the greatest amount of space uh, for the least cost. Mm. Um, yeah, so it does. It has a uh, canvas exterior um, that's wrapped tight around uh, uh, a wooden and steel frame. Um, you know, also geodesic shape, um, and it's super light. You know, it's it's uh, around fifteen hundred pounds in total. Mm. Are you? Are, is it? Is it? Is it uh, watertight? Like, if it rains, does it? Is, you know, would you get wet inside? Um, no. So it is watertight and I actually teamed up with a company called Red Sky Shelters Mm -hmm. in North Carolina who already creates these things called, um, yomes, um, which is kind of like a hybrid between a yurt and a geodesic dome. 
and he does uh, he has the materials that are super worked out um and so he did all the sewing details to wrap that guy wow, okay cool. that makes sense because it looks like the heldsberg structure might be of that that type too maybe wow. yeah you know the, the heldsberg structure the enclosed portion of that um so when i started uh the whole treehouse thing i i started with two designs i started with um, an interior canopy and an exterior canopy design. Um, and I ended, ended up building the interior canopy design first. So the interior canopy um, sits on the interior of the frame. So it's kind of like an exoskeleton geodesic sphere. Mm-hmm. And then the interior canopy um, hangs on the inside with tension, kind, mm-hmm. of, kind of like a tent in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the exterior canopy design is, as it sounds, uh, rigid panel exterior um, that, uh, that mounts to the, to the frame. And so with the, with the, uh, Healdsburg structure, that was the, that was the first time I, I was finally able to realize that design in, in, in that portion of that treehouse. And so that one was a, a real design challenge because, um, with the exterior canopy, I really wanted the entire thing to be completely, you know, I guess like took a page out of Steve Jobs' book, like no screws showing anywhere, <laughs> like completely clean edges wrapped all the way around, and and so we were able to achieve that. Um, the, the the panels on that structure um, kind of they shed water into a gutter system that lies just behind the rigid panels. And and then that sheds all the water off. Huh. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Very fascinating. So what do you often I do a multi part question, but think of this more of as an outline question. So um what do you do with the tree houses? So what percentage do you build for clients and what percentage do you build, let's say, for yourself or your own endeavors? And then of your clients, what what are they doing with them? Are they offices? Are they Airbnbs? Are they actual living in them? Talk a little bit about you know how many you've built and sort of the cross section of them. Absolutely. So, yeah, you know, almost I would say like ninety percent of what I build is for um, for clients. Um, I'm really just beginning to uh, to to build some things for myself or more as like collaboratory projects with partners. Um, <clears throat> the Pinecone Treehouse actually was uh, originally built for SC Johnson Wax for Glade. Why? For a, a commercial. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, plug it in, plug it in. They, they call it the Fragrance Pod, which we've since, you know, changed the name. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was a promotion that they had going for, uh, you know, like a car plug it in thing. And there's like this whole like road trip media campaign that happened. Um, but I got to keep that tree house out of that deal. So they sent that paper, they, they rented, they paid a a large price tag to, to rent that structure from me and and, and built it from that budget. Um, so 
Shoot, what was the second part of the question? Well, what do they, what do you use yours for, and what do they the, your clients typically use theirs for? Is it Airbnb? Is it living in them? Is it just a fun, you know, kind of hangout space? Yeah, you know, it's it is. It's all of those things. I've had um, quite a few clients last year um, are planning to rent their structures on Airbnb. Um, and, um, uh, many, many clients are, you know, kind of like quote unquote, you know, buying a treehouse for their kids, but, um, they in fact just want a treehouse for, for themselves. Kids get the like main house. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, a lot of people do, you know, uh, buy structures from us for, you know, kids play structures. Um, but, uh, a lot of them are older and, uh, older clientele, um, retired, um, who are just looking for a structure to, to hang out in, um, to relax in yoga, right. You know, whatever it is that their, their hobby is, their meditation is. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, so I've had a few clients as well that use it as as actually an actual office yeah. uh, for their work during the day. So all sorts of uses. An so, excuse to get out in a tree. Yeah, really. <laughs> so part of the reason why I ask that particular question, um, so Dustin and I met at the Treehouse Conference that I spoke at last year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, part of the reason why I'm asking that question is because I had done a, sort of a speech and comparing tiny houses and tree houses and the functionality and you know the challenges and so forth so um that question actually leads into our next question and that is um have you had any do you have to get building permits or have you had any zoning or coding or what is your relationship like with the various authorities in the trees yeah absolutely you know it it varies by jurisdiction of course i mean everybody has um you know, a different kind of take on or different level of exposure to this whole idea. And thanks to the, the uh, uh, Treehouse Master Show, a lot of, uh, of jurisdictions and like building safety departments are becoming more familiar with it. Not so foreign, you know, they don't, they don't quite scream as loud when they, when you tell them that they, that you want to build a treehouse. Um, so I, a lot of times I try to fall within the accessory structure guidelines. Um, and that's for a structure that isn't, uh, you know, fully outfitted with um, the amenities. Um, and so that has some national building standards associated with it under 120 square feet, under roughly a 15 or 16 foot uh, peak roof height. Um, that one's tough to get around, but a lot of times, uh, you know, they'll let that one slide because a treehouse and it's obviously not going to be a very um, or not be much of a treehouse if it's any lower than that um, and so if you fit within the accessory structure guidelines a lot of times um, you no permit will be required for the structure um, however if you're including um, power um, and any any kind of plumbing um, then it starts to get a little bit more slicey and dicey. Um, for example, we did a structure, uh, here in California in, um, Woodside, California, 
and that part of the county um, was unincorporated. And their only concern was that it was on it was on a scenic corridor. Their only concern was that it wasn't visible from the road. So they wanted to know the aesthetic impact. And they didn't require us to, to get a permit. They gave us an architectural variance, um, but they did say that we couldn't uh, install power um, or plumbing. Um, so in instances like that, you can do a composting toilet, and you can also do a low-voltage uh, electrical system um, and power that via batteries or hmm. solar solar panel or you know pick your <clears throat> renewable energy. Um, if you want to do something that um, is fully permitted, then you know um, I I was told that that's actually by Charlie Greenwood at the, the Treehouse Conference, who said. Um, it's best to kind of, uh, as he as he put it, front load the process. Um, so just get all of your materials, uh, your drawings, your engineering, um, which includes the engineering of the structure and as well the the, the component engineering uh, that you're going to be using to attach to the tree. You know, all of those documents and plans prior going to the city, so that when you go to the city, you can. You can say, hey, look, you know, I'm looking to build this treehouse. I know it's weird and funky and strange. And, you know, there's probably not a lot written. Uh, there's definitely not any codes written for treehouses. But this is what we do have. We have, um, you know, these people over here say that it's going to stay up and not going to kill anybody. And, you know, we're, we're trying to um, adhere to all other standard building code in the structure. Um, so, you, so you can try and get the structure as close to something that is normal as possible. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, from an engineer's perspective, you're putting a structure up in a tree, and that tree cannot be predicted or engineered mm -hmm. to any sort of load. And so they, if it's not connected to the ground, to a footing, they're, they're head spinning. Um, and... Sometimes you'll get somebody who's super open to that, to that, to that, to thinking about that abstract problem, and and willing to consider the data that you present to them. And sometimes you'll get somebody who's just staunchly against it and won't really consider the the, the finer points. Um, but it is possible to get tree ho uh, treehouse permits, and mm -hmm. I think it's definitely easier than it was in the past because of the celebrity of of treehouse masters and you know they're obviously getting lots of treehouses permanent there they're doing ma these massive structures um but you just have to be prepared for for the process and uh to, to go through that with the city so you know my best advice is is to go to the city um with um you know with a lot of patience and just be as open as possible with them and you know just give the show them that you have the spirit of cooperation that you're not trying to like pull one over. And I think that you'll find that it'll go much better for you. And you know, of course, if you can work with a contractor who has a prior relationship, a, a, a longstanding relationship with that building and safety department, you know, of course that will help you. Or if you have, of course, you know, if you know somebody who's sympathetic in the department, um, so you can kind of do some research prior to, to try and, and increase your chances of getting a permit and then. 
Interesting. The what is your? Um, I guess I should. I want to. I may not get this right, but what is your fascination? Is the word that comes to mind with the geodesic dome structure and Buckminster Fuller in your designs? I've actually never seen so much of that <laughs> application in something so weird. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very good question. You know, it's yeah. It, you know, if you do look at my body of work, like oh, this guy's totally obsessed with with the Bucky Fuller. <laughs> um, uh, so you know, I was I was absolutely fascinated by Buckminster Fuller's work uh, in college, and when I was introduced to his work by a professor, uh, he had introduced him in class, uh, saying that Buckminster Fuller had come up with a concept to create a floating city. And that he determined that, you know, the fluctuation in the, at, uh, the atmosphere, temperature of the atmosphere, that if you were to uh, essentially trap heat inside of a bubble, um, you'd have the greenhouse effect. And if the, the size of the structure was big enough and the, the exterior material light enough, you could actually, you know, float a city, a small-sized city, the bottom of the structure, you know, super abstract, like left field kind of like idea. I was like, Oh my God, like who, who is this person? Yeah. And, and what brought him to that point of thinking that? Um, and so, you know, I did a lot of investigation of Buckminster Fuller and his principles, that kind of thing. But it was, you know, when I started building or like designing the treehouse, it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't like, oh man, I love Buckminster Fuller. I'm totally going to use a dome and put a dome in the tree. Um, it was it was more organic of a process where it was I was just trying to determine, you know, what the best form engineering wise would be to put in a tree, and so, you know, I started thinking about, you know, creating a, a platform and then like trying like triangulating cables kind of like a teepee down to that and then i was like oh but you're cutting out so much interior space can i push those cables to the exterior and and then i was trying to like do this goofy triangulation of struts push the cables out um and then that's when it popped it was like oh duh a geodesic sphere is already doing that i can attach those cables to any point on the geodesic sphere, and they're democratically going to um, distribute that load equally, and each each one is has the same load bearing potential, um, and so that's that's when I that's when it it was just like this aha moment um, where the geodesic sphere was really the best candidate, and other benefits. To the, using the geodesic, geodesic sphere is also that the geodesic sphere encompasses the greatest amount of volume using the least amount of materials, which absolutely makes sense when you're building in a structure that's living, building a structure that you know you should really be very light, you know, keep your load very light yeah. on. Um, <clears throat> and so everything everything clicked and made sense and. You know, and then the other aspects is just a poetic form. You know, yeah. this form is is derived from from geometry in nature. It's you know, it's really like um, intrinsic, like geometric building block, energetic mm-hmm. building block and structure of of our world. 
Um, so there's that, there's that component of it too, which just was like, seemed very symbiotic and poetic to put that type of thing in a tree. Um, and then like just from a formal investigation and more of a craftsman type of, um, investigation, the amount of, and of different types of geodesics and variations on, on that geometry is, is endless. And so it immediately offered this, like this huge genre of forms to explore. That was really fascinating to me. And a unique brand for a treehouse builder. Right. Yeah. So that, um, that, that was, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, so that is your sort of like creative process as you walk through it. And, and it's all very, um, I don't know, what's the best word to describe that? Sort of, um, uh, organic? Yeah, that's designy? probably you designy. <laughs> Alexa, My, what is stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Sit across the table for a minute. As a noun, stupid can mean a person who is not very bright, as an adjective. Stupid can mean lacking or marked by lack of intellectual acuity. <laughs> okay. I heard her say my name wow. in there anyway. Thank you for <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> no, what I meant was, so in the tiny house world, a client will come to a builder and they'll be like, I want this and I want that, da-da-da-da. But and they, to, to very <clears throat> a large extent, the client actually influences the design of the tiny house. Right. So for clients of your... Tree houses. I just don't envision that. I don't either. Like, okay, so I want this. Like, do your clients just come say and go, oh, by the way, I want that in that tree? Like, what? how does that conversation work? Um, and then you inform them that that can't go in that tree. Why don't we put that in that tree? Like, how does that process work given that it's so, there we go, abstract? Yeah, absolutely. Good question. I mean, so... You know, I have, you know, a whole gradient of, of clients. Like some of them come to me and they they really get what I'm trying to do um, in the more sculptural work. And so they're definitely more free about, um, about or more open about their desires. They might come with a list of functional aspects and they give me a lot of freedom in, in, the design and the forms I come up to to kind of meet those functional desires and kind of like make something that's more aspirational, more aspirational sculptural qualities. Um, um, so that's kind of, that's, that it goes like that a lot. Um, the client that I had, uh, or the S.C. Johnson wax was <coughs> an amazing client because they came to me and said, you know, we just need a architecturally cutting edge, like, crystalline like something bubbly and like clear wow you know <laughs> floating in a tree mm -hmm. i'm like that is my dream design constraint you know <laughs> i'm like you come to the right place <laughs> right i can i can do that um and and really got to make one of my dream structures with that client um but um you know i'm I'm very open to working with clients in all sorts of different ways. So, um, if they come to me with, um, really specific aesthetic or functional, functional needs, I'm, I'm absolutely willing to work, work with them. Um, you know, I love, I love that part of design in general, just, you know, finding out what all those constraints are, 
and desires and, and really trying to create a flow between them um, in the structure. So, you know, we, we will do, um, we do more traditional structures from time to time, you know, things that have, um, I, would, I guess you could say this exterior trim and like a typical, you know, rectangular window and, and so forth. Um, but for sure, I, I do enjoy doing the more sculptural work. Yeah. Yeah, the San Jose house definitely fits that more traditional look. But um, it, it must be cool because you have, as, as I hear you talking, you have kind of like this elevated status in, in the sense that someone so appreciates your design aesthetic, they don't get in the way. It's more like they're, they're wanting to own an expression of you more so than you design something that they want. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Whatever you say. Perry. Yeah. That. <laughs> yes. That. <laughs> that thing. Nice. Interesting. Uh, well, fantastic. Uh, this has been a wonderful uh, uh, foreway into the foreway. For, 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 for a foray. Foray. Oh, foray. that's different. Yeah, it's <laughs> Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah, for for a for Fortnite into the faux. Uh, let's not go. Oh my god, Fortnite. you're trying to do Doctor Ex- Seuss. Exactly. It's been an interesting exploration of a convergence of science and art and live livability and arborousness. And I'm just blowing it over here. Help me out, podcast. The apology. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, um, Dustin, for being on the show. Uh, thank you so much, Tiny House listeners, for bearing with us today because our show is like off the hook this time. Probably the weirdest show we've ever had. Pretty, pretty close. I blame. Nice. I blame Alex. Yeah, let's blame I Alex. I blame Alex because she is responsible. She made it weird. She definitely made in it in a weird. good way. Yeah. Turn into us next week because next week we're going to have an even. Actually, we're having a throwback. If throwback. these come out, yeah, we're having yeah. a throwback uh, guest we have had on the show before. Yep. And so it'll be great to have her back on the show. Yep. And in the meantime, check out Dustin's website. It's O, the number two, treehouse.com. What? Nothing. That's an awkward website. That's all. Okay. Yeah, it is kind of awkward. And we didn't even ask him, like, what the fuck? Like, how did you come up with that? Yeah. <laughs> He's a designer. He it Actually, it was Am the I last. Still on? Yes, yeah, we're you're still there. Still- <laughs> you guys, I can't tell. Is this real or is this Memorex? I can't tell. Anymore. Oh, my he, no, God. Like, oh, too bad he's not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wants to answer the question. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, one yeah, sentence. Why, why, why did you name it O2 Treehouse? I named it O2 Treehouse because I want to remind people that these amazing trees that we have make oxygen, and it's such a critical important thing to our climate our life and to all life on planet earth and so you know bringing people into that tree to create contemplative spaces and make people think like why is it named ocho tree house and then hopefully it clicks like oh oh two oxygen tree tree house i got it you know, I feel Very in, good. I feel inadequate as a host because we probably should have asked that question. That would have been a good first that question. Been, but we were <laughs> fucking around with the <laughs> <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> That was, uh, that was good, though. That, uh, that was good. Around with Alexa more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners. All right, Dustin, thank you so much. Hey, uh, can I do it? A- yeah. Can I do a quick plug? Yeah, sure. Plug away. Plug no. Away. <laughs> 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 two two <laughs> out of three, you yeah. own it. Go yeah. for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just, I, you know, I forgot to mention. Um, so I'm actually 
selling the Pinecone Treehouse. How much? Um, How much you well, got? That's negotiable. <laughs> See? Good I knew answer. that would be the answer. Answer. <laughs> answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no set price on it, but it is, you know, it is going to be more on the higher end of our expensive structures, but... Um, Translation more than I yeah, got. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we can we can fully remove that structure from its current setting and reinstall it with upgrades wow. if you so desire that, that treehouse. Wow. So, that must be a nightmare yeah. to disinstall that thing. Um, what is the, since we're on it, what, what is the Pine Cones Kickstarter? You want to pitch that? Uh, so, yeah, so the Pine Cone Treehouse Kickstarter um, uh, was a campaign to to rent out ah. the Pine Cone Treehouse. That's a done to, deal, to do not upgrades. current. But it says coming soon oh. on the website. Jesus Christ. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah, shoot, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, don't look at that. I mean, <laughs> it'll be gone by the time they hear <laughs> this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've got okay. a slight change in direction. Right. You now have eight weeks to fix it. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, you've got some time. You've got exactly. some time. You've got plenty of time. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, bye. Listeners, thank you all so right, much. Listeners. We've had a great time. We'll okay. see you. Talk God, to you later. Get us out of here. Awesome. Right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Main. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. <laughs>